Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. Not what we expected for Spa after the summer break, but um, it was an interesting few hours, and we got to hang out and <laughs> chat and have some fun. What do you think, boys? Well, I, my prediction of Russell maintaining his second place came uh, came to fruition. Oh, what a spin on that! <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, the, 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 the sordid truth of is it, Verstappen has closed the gap merrily going to the yeah. Dutch Grand Prix. That's right. In fact, let's look at the points. That and were... the Dutch Grand Prix in the lead. <laughs> Say again? Can he leave the Dutch Grand Prix in, in the, the lead? lead? That is actually, yeah, yeah. the bigger question. Uh, and it will be a, a great kickoff, a real kickoff to the second half of the season. Yeah, so it looks like Verstappen 12 and a half, Russell nine points, Hamilton seven and a half, so five point swing for Verstappen. Ricardo six, <laughs> Vettel five, Gasly four, Ocon three, Leclerc two, Latifi one, and Carlos Sainz with a half a point. And but he did he get checkmate on his teammate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were playing chess, weren't they? And uh, Mazepin does not get the half a point for fastest lap because he was not in the top 10, but he did have fastest lap. Did you see the hashtag that Haas tweeted out? Yeah. It was uh, Mazawin for, for the fastest lap. So yeah. who goes who gets they the point hope. for the fastest lap then? Somebody in the top 10. Maybe it's awarded. I don't think that scenario has happened. Okay. You know, that someone's. Certainly since the rules been out, it would be quite interesting to find out because there was a lot of rules that didn't make sense today as well. Um, you know, when the, with the race starting on, or not starting, which is interesting. So I wonder who won the last world championship by half a point. Uh, I know that. You do? Prost. I'll say it. Ah, oh, there you Prost. go. Is that right? Well, I don't know. I'm checking. Yeah, I'm checking. I, I, I think, it, I think was it was down Prost, to... Prost Senna. When they were McLaren teammates. Hmm. Interesting. Need to check that. Actually, probably the uh, the the real winner of today's race was uh, was CrowdStrike because yeah, <laughs> that safety car was uh, certainly the most visible car for the weekend. Hey, so, talk about camera time. That's marketing, baby. Yeah. The, uh, the safety car was, and the medical wagon. How about that? Was that guy just flying around the track? He what? was drifting around the rain. It was a, that was fantastic. Yeah, Van der Merwe was, was a pretty good peddler in his day. So 
I love it. I'd l- like I said, I just want to do a ride along. You know, folks, there, there's a podcast series that I we got chalk in chalk on the wall. One lap with, and I just yeah. want to ride with guys like that and just go do one lap with them, and I'll, we'll interview them for one lap. That'd be perfect length for us ADD people. <laughs> Well, hey, guys, we were going to have Kyle Kirkwood. Jonathan, did Kyle say he was going to yeah, be able to join us? He, he said he's calling in. All right, great. Well, excited to have Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, and Jonathan, talk about his career, man. What an amazing rise he had. Yeah, uh, I mean, bar Lance Stroll, uh, I would say that no one has had such a meteoric rise. No big money pouch to start with. Um, has just won everything that he has been part of. And I mean, F4, F3 Americas or FR Americas as it is now. Um, scholarship um, into indie uh, Pro 2000 and now Indy Lights, and he just has not drawn breath um, in terms of uh, being consistently good. He's been noticed by Honda uh, for doing what he's doing, um, and he's making it. and And in this day and age, um, it's a rare it's a rare beast. Um, but he is a young American driver who um, you know is doing the business week in week out, and looks as though he's going to win Indy Lights this year. But we'll see what his take on that is. Well, we're going to have Kyle on here in a minute, but I want to go to Dave O'Neill as the former team manager of the Haas F1 team, Dave. I want to ask you what they were saying on the commentary about how one of the reasons they didn't want to continue the race is because all these machines, these F1 cars are not designed to run around with this kind of cold temperatures, how, how they could have all sorts of problems, maybe even damage the cars. Yeah, so uh, correct. The um, the biggest problem is everything cools down, so they spend all their time heating it up before they leave the pits. Um, brakes, engine, um, all the cooling systems on the car, uh, they're getting them up to operating temperatures. Um, and of course, the tyres as well being the biggest one. Um, and then the cars go out and the brakes cool off uh, 13 degrees, so that's uh, pretty cold in, in you know something like 40 40 degrees um, in our language out here. Um, So the tyres cool off. um, And of course, the only way for these cars to stick to the ground is for them to go fast and use the downforce. Um, Once the downforce kicks in, the tyres get pushed into the ground, the tyres start to heat up more, um, and then you you initiate the grip. So um, yeah, there's there's a threshold, I guess. Um, So you can't drive them around at 25, 40, 40%, 40%, they have to be um, 80, 90% um, in the zone to, to be able to be in their operate, operating zones and temperatures. Would it actually damage the cars if they were to try to do that and run for extended laps? Um, damage them, I think I, they talked a lot about skill, you know, the skill level goes out of it at a certain point where you, where you can't get any, generate any heat into the tyres and uh, the best way to explain it is if you've ever been go-karting, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a fun go-karting um, circuit and it starts to rain, there's literally, you know, there's literally zero grip. And it's the same for the F1 cars because of the speeds they're going, they can't get into uh, getting the downforce working at all. So um, skill skill goes out of the way and there's more luck. And of course, they talked about the aquaplaning as well, which is large amounts of water that isn't, is standing water, and as soon as you hit them, you know the car swaps one way or the other, and you, you don't have a chance of 
of catching it. And once you get on the grass, the car speeds up and um, the rest is history, effectively. Well, it was really the weirdest F1 race I've ever seen and probably the biggest deluge since Coda here in Austin, like I said in the pre-show, I think. But, um, but how did you guys like when George Russell, when uh, there was a couple of interviews, obviously, during the, during the break, but when George Russell was asked about whether or not they should continue the race, should restart the race, uh, you could see him smiling going, yeah, I think they should probably go ahead and restart the race. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was all interesting. It's interesting. Here's the thing that I know and, and I question. Okay, we love the complexity of Formula One. Just absolutely. The best of every technology, the most advanced in everything. But how many times did we hear them going back to the stewards and asking questions and, and essentially they had to go research them? Now, I don't expect them to know every little widget, but it's interesting how many unique things came up during this day. Yeah, I do. I do still think that Formula One do leave themselves wide open for criticism and lay bare that um, really there's not a lot of people that know what's going on. And if you know what I mean, um, in circumstances where NASCAR and Indy um, tend to keep that all behind closed doors, you may well hear, you know, uh, a TV broadcast where they've got information uh, on the rain and we're going to restart it in this amount of time. You know, you, you see it all played out in front of you, which I guess is part of the fact that, um, you know, Formula One is not a, you know, it's not an entertainment company per se. It's a, it's a sport, but it does seem to be laid bare, uh, warts and all, um, whereas you don't seem to get that in Indian NASCAR. It's funny you mentioned NASCAR. I was reading a tweet from Jeff Gluck. He's one of the big NASCAR uh, social yeah. media guys and, and um and journalist and he was he tweeted out he said f1 has some really weird guy weird rules you guys <clears throat> excuse me and i was reading the the replies and a lot of people were saying man you know give a nascar a hard time but they would never let this happen and they were going why don't they do this why don't they do that and they just don't understand a lot of the the logistics where you know we've all been there guys when a race ends in fact before the race ends they're packing up you know, they're getting ready to go. Mm. So, um, you know, Dave, what would your response have been had they said, we want to try to run a race on Monday, for example? Well, for, uh, I guess, first of all, they don't race in the rain in NASCAR, so they've never had to. Uh, <laughs> they do a coda. They, they tried. <laughs> they do they a tried, coda. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, you know, racing Monday, I'm not so sure. Um, it, it, it's in the rules that you can you can do it. Um, I, you know, I think they just had to get out of jail this afternoon. Yeah. The rain wasn't stopping. Um, they had to do something, and and they did it. You know, in the end, um, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, the other thing, I guess, now being a fan is sitting and watching nothing for for three hours is pretty boring as well for your for your spectator. Where whether you're at home or sitting on the bank, um, you know, getting drenched. Um, well, I, I did that at uh, Texas World, Texas Motor Speedway. I'm going to get that name right one of these days. Texas Motor Speedway for the Indy cars. Sat there till 1030 at night watching the blower trucks go around. <laughs> Interestingly enough, two world championships have been decided by half a point. The first one in 1953 by Ascari, which he scored 34 and a half points. And then the other one was... Nicky Lauder in 1975, who scored 64 and a half points. I think that was the the uh, 
the uh, season was that the season he had his crash. So, so you got that you got the half point wins. Uh, yeah, two two half point wins. World champions was nineteen fifty three Ascari with thirty four and a half points, and nineteen seventy five Nicky Lauda won the world ah, championship. That's right, Nicky Lauda sixty four and yeah. a half points, thirteen yeah. out of the fourteen races. All right, so you, uh, what year for Ascari? Uh, uh, 53. Okay, because it was 55 that he landed in the harbor in Monaco. I was wondering if he had the same disastrous opposite consequence there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got our guest, John. Yes, we have our guest, but let's go ahead and get our first break in. And when we come back, we will bring on Kyle Kirkwood and talk about his career and continue our F1 discussion. You're listening to Speed City F1, and we'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are going to jump right into our 
interview with our guest and we got a couple callers on the line hang on guys we'll get to you here in just a minute but let's introduce our guest and we talked about him just a minute ago kyle kirkwood welcome back to speed city hey john how you doing thank you for having me i'm doing great we spent some time in the booth back in coda back a few years ago that was a blast we sure did we sure did that was a lot of fun thank you for having me on that by the way what was there Probably close to 250,000 people there at the track listening in. So that, that was a big deal for me. Big crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Need to do that I again. I will never forget that. That was so much fun. We were sitting there, and that, that was the year the guy came over the microphone and was making the <laughs> meow, meow Oh, that's sound. right. It was, right. wasn't it? Yeah. The that's ambient. exactly what it was. They, I remember it, it was in my ears, and if I hear somebody else talking, I typically just shut down. I even if I hear myself, like I'll be, if I did it at one race this year where I'm on the podium and I can hear myself speak and I, I just yeah. I, I freeze up almost. It's, all, it's so awful. So that happened and I'm like, who was that? Who 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 just said all this? And I don't know. That was really confusing. But then it came out with that video a couple of weeks later. It's so funny. The entire world was having the same conversation because nobody knew where it was coming from. We right. it was part of our radio broadcast, and I found out it was the world feed, so it went out and over the entire planet. That was hilarious. And what it was <laughs> was interesting. They've got a microphone up on the on the, tower. the tower for exactly. the ambient track noise. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. There it is. <laughs> and uh, and this and guy found it. That, that they have that audio on. Yeah, that exact that moment. That's funny, isn't it? Well, Kyle, we got to catch up with you because it has been a little while. But we were just talking about your amazing career, and I, you know, it's been so much fun to watch you. And for a while there, you were you were winning more races, like fifty percent of the races you were entering. It's just been incredible. But but tell us about what you're doing now. Oh, so yeah, I think at at one point my my rate my win ratio is i think 72 <laughs> percent at one point that, that how many races i was winning per year so yeah 72 percent of them that's, um, that's great between three years and then yeah so now i'm racing indy lights for andretti um and then i also run in gtd with lexus and faster Sullivan, which has been absolutely phenomenal i didn't realize how important some of that racing could be for me that would kind of mirror what I need to know in IndyCar or as I make the step hopefully up next year, because one thing that you don't learn in junior categories is pit stops or there's a few things really pit stops, fuel saving and tire saving. I mean, you're just running full tilt always. Um, so it's been really important. It's been very helpful. I think, I think having that experience in GTD racing, um, it's going to really help help in my future well how much of the race did you get to see the coverage race coverage i should say did you get to see the uh, uh the crowd strike uh safety car and medical car do hooning around i actually tweeted something out it was that was one of the moments i was watching and i'm, I'm sitting there on, on the couch by myself watching the, whoever was driving the i which somebody responded who it was alan i think alan somebody was above, the yeah car driver. yeah so I tweeted that out. I'm like, man, this guy is absolutely sending it yeah. around and it's wet. It's like, if he ends up in the wall, this is going to be like insane. So I tweeted and got a few hundred likes right away, which is, I don't have that many followers on Twitter, to be honest. And I don't tweet that much, but it was pretty, it was pretty cool to see that. And um, that was probably the highlight of all the coverage. I think. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, that, that's where I brought it was, up. It I want to ride with him. Watching them run that hard around the track in the wet and just the safety cars. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, right before during the break, you were talking about the fact that it looked like to you um, that the that they made a you know maybe the, we could get a race in. Uh, yeah. So that I wish they would have ran. That was something we talked. We touched on that. I think this race could have been the best one of the year. Just get, I mean, almost all the races that are wet and there's drivers all mixed up throughout the field. Um, I think those are always the ones that, that tend to be the best. And I've, I actually raced against George in, in karting back in like 2011, 2012. So, I mean, I've, I've been rooting for him. He's probably my favorite driver on the grid. Um, so I was like, man, he started on the front row. So I don't know how, how he feels about that finish, even though that they were just on podium, they give him the second place with half points. Um, is that really a win or sorry, a win, but a, really a podium finish for him. I mean, nah. I, would, I would think in my eyes, I'd be like, Oh man, I really wish we would have ran. So I had the opportunity mm. to run in the wet and be able to give a, uh, all these guys a run for their money. You know, I'm with yeah. you on that. Uh, to me, that's a hollow victory, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's got it in him. We've already seen that twice this year that he can, you know, and, and last year we can, we can tell that he's got it in him and he just needs the equipment under him. And uh, this weekend, you know, it was a lot of good timing as well. He mentioned yesterday in the post-quality interview, but uh, I'm with you. I, I am cheering for him. Yep. Yep. Next That's question sure. then, Kirk. Uh, Kyle, is uh, should he should he be in that Mercedes seat next year? Oh. I th- should he be? Like, does he deserve to be? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. He's just a besides being a really good driver phenomenal with teammates and all this he's just a good guy in general um he, i think 100 percent. there's no there's no reason why i would say no he, somebody else deserves to be in that seat there we go good nice to know i saw, I saw yeah. a story where total wolf said that before qualifying they had made their decision and that qualifying didn't affect it so <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that you can read that either way. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think the entire world is expecting that to happen. Kyle, I think your, your favorite driver is about to be a Mercedes driver. <laughs> I think so. It's, it's been strange how long they've been putting it off, to be honest. It's like, everyone's been talking about it for probably over a year now. Right. That that's where I think he's ultimately going to end up, but they've been just keep putting it off, keep putting it off, keep putting it off. And, I think it's time for the world to know, man, what's happening with George Russell. Is he going to that Mercedes seat? Where's Botas going? What's his plans? It's like, we need to know. I'm starting. I started, um, I started thinking about that the other day. It's just crazy how long they've been putting it off. Well, Kyle, I got to know because I've watched your career so closely and I love it. And I often get asked, when are we going to get an American in formula one? And I go, we got the talent. And even Will Buxton agreed that you put, put you in his 20, 20, 23, five, uh, fantasy team this week. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm sure you, I'm sure somebody's <laughs> let you know. Um, but um, you know, there is great talent and I know we've discussed this over, over the years, but you do stand out um, as a single seater with so much potential. Um, obviously you're going the indie route, but what is next? I mean, first of all, foremost, what about the rest of this year? Uh, do you feel as though you've got this one taped or not? No. Uh, well, I'm, I'm currently not leading the championship anymore as of this past weekend. Um, so, or so, sorry, yeah, this last weekend um, at the Oval event, we're, yeah. I think, three points behind. But we, we know we have some good tracks coming up. It's definitely 
a very close battle between David Malukas and myself. Mm-hmm. But to go back with with what you're saying with some of the American drivers and what's going to happen in the future years, I think, I mean, I would absolutely love to be in Formula One. I th- that's always been a goal since I was, I mean, a, a, since I was four years old, before I could really remember, I've been like, that's where I want to be. I want to be in Formula One. I've watched so many of their races and known all the guys through it. Um, but obviously, coming from the U.S., it's, it's much different. Um, I think the drivers are probably not rated as highly mm-hmm. here as what they are. And, and that kind of goes both ways. You have some drivers that are coming this way um, because IndyCar is booming at the moment. And they don't have any knowledge of the track, the tires, how the teams operate. It's much different. So there is, a, like, like you guys um, mentioned, you have, I think, Cameron Dawson and Logan Sargent over there running, um, running over there in Europe. And Logan finished on podium this weekend. He's yeah. shown tremendous talent and potential. Um, but there's still something that they're, that they're missing to, um, to get it all the way. And I wish at some point one team would take one of the Americans and put them under their wing. And I'm not saying myself or anybody, but take them under their wing and shove them into Formula One because we really need an American. And we've been saying that for years. Well, Michael's buying a team, supposedly. And ready, that is. Your boss is looking at it. With any that stuff. I don't know. I've asked <laughs> him about it and he's like, he's like, it's just press media, whatever. Okay. You know, so I, I don't know what's happening there. So it's it's a bit of a strange situation that everyone's been saying that to be honest. Well, yeah. you know, Steve we heard we heard his office and say, "Hey, look, I'm I'm uh, I'm okay to travel. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I won't charge you too much." There you go. There well, you the go. issue is the issue is for me. Even if I did have that opportunity, super license, and so, and somebody grabbed me and said, "Hey, we want to we want to put you in the car." I don't have the points to do it. Yeah, they don't really award like IndyCar. You have to win the championship to ha- to have the same amount of points as what I think you get in F3 over there in FIA F3, which I think is a bit ridiculous um, to be honest, but yeah, so it's, it's just so tough coming from here to just trying over there. So I think if I was to really make a step into formula one, it would have to be me going over there and start visualizing the other opportunities, right. And learning the tracks and Mm -hmm. learning how they operate, just like many drivers do coming this way. I just got to yeah. believe that Roger Penske, as shrewd as he is in the sport and the business, is going to go after that points difference and try to get indie races, you know, accredited, if you will, mm. for super license points. Yeah. Well, it's going yes, the other way that, at the moment. Grosjean's was... succeeding. Marcus Marcus Ericsson's succeeding. I mean, you know, um, it, it's it's becoming a two way street, and I hope it continues to be. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we we've, we've got so many so much interest. Like Alex Albon was walking around the paddock at at the Indy GP yeah. where they had NASCAR and IndyCar running together. Um, Magnuson, you see Magnuson walking around and he did, did the race in uh, road America. Yeah. Who else? There's, there's a ton of drivers. I saw um, Marcus Armstrong walking around in Nashville. I did too. So, I saw Marcus and I was like, ah, what's a Ferrari junior driver doing here? Exactly. So there's a lot of interest right now. And uh, from drivers that have been trying to get to Formula one that are interested in IndyCar because most of it's because of Grosjean, I think. Yeah. Because Grosjean's come over here, and he was in a situation where, I mean, from what you see on media, is he was in a very stressful environment and whatnot. He just didn't seem happy. And then he comes over here, and it seems like he's having the absolute time of his life. Mm-hmm. So I think people are starting to catch on. Man, it's a, a good atmosphere over here. Mm. 
All right, guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have more with Kyle Kirkwood. And we're going to talk a little more Formula One. And we're going to take some calls. we got some callers on the line. So stick with us. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We've got Kyle Kirkwood as our guest after the crazy Belgian Grand Prix at Spa. I guess if you can even call it that, but we do have some callers on the line, and... We've got a gentleman who has been holding for a while. We got Daniel. He's driving from Vegas to Dallas. Hey, Daniel, welcome to Speed City. Hey, fellas, how you doing today? Good. Man, what an incredible! I mean, do we even call it a race? What a broadcast! Whatever that was. <laughs> I mean, the, that doctor car running around—he looked fantastic. So you know what? Uh, I mean, honestly, just another great headline for F1. 
And another headline, since we're talking headlines, fellas, let's talk about George Russell. Yeah. Valtteri Bottas. But, I mean, I heard we talked about a little bit of that already. So I have another question for you. We remember when Lewis came to Mercedes and the rivalry that came with that with Nico Rosberg. Now, if George does get the number 77 Mercedes number two seat, whatever number he chooses, of course, are we going to see Lewis take a nice kind of gentle approach and, you know, kind of guide him up? Or are we going to see him maybe take a Nico kind of a hard shoulder, you know, the big brother, you know, the tougher I am on you, the better you'll be kind of story. Hey, Dave O'Neill, that, that question has got your name all over it. Yeah, in, interesting um, dynamic, you know, without being able to uh, be within the four walls of all the decisions being made. But, um, you know, the simple answer is that's why Bottas is still there, is um, because they don't want to upset the apple cart and they need Hamilton to go out and do the business, which he does on a regular basis most weekends. Um, if they put George in there too soon and um, they don't, you know, manage to break the records they're going for, um, there's definitely going to be upset and there's a huge amount of damage control that's going to be, need to be done, um, you know, with Toto and the team. So um, I guess the quick answer to your question is it's peaceful at the minute, so why don't we just keep it like that and, uh, and keep another year going, you know? Oh, wait a minute. No, I want to ask Daniel a question now. Why, Please, I'm here for you. Why do they still have Botas? Why are they still keeping him? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm a Mercedes guy myself, driving a beautiful Mercedes right now. Shout out, Toto, and the whole team in Germany. Um, but, I mean, we see what uh, the kind of teammate that Valtteri has been really the past two races. Of course, this being our third consecutive F1 race with the red flag now, uh, we also saw Valtteri take us, I mean, a good top uh, third of the field the last race out, you know, and that set Lewis up for a win. And, and so, you know, Valtteri is a great teammate. There's no doubt about it. But when it comes to the youth, and really the popularity this sport is getting now, I think Mercedes would really be helping themselves to get a young, attractive, really talented driver in that seat as soon as possible. Yeah, and I think I, I think you're right, and I think the truth is Toto is putting him there to be fathered, to be helped by Lewis. Lewis, I think, is probably going to get that eighth title either this year or next, and that's what he's going for at least because I can't see him sticking around for much longer. Um, and, you know, even Michael Schumacher's purple patch at Ferrari, you know, uh, there comes a time where it just gets a bit old hat, and um, he's got other interests. And I think the, the intention all along was to bring, and they've already done it, as we saw, uh, to bring um, Russell in as as the future guy. Of course. Hey, we got to ask Kyle more. Kirkwood. We yeah. got to ask Kyle Kirkwood this same question about teammates. And, you know, what, what do you think about this situation, Kyle, with George Russell coming in and as far as how that dynamic would work? Yeah, I think, I think you guys have explained it really well, actually. Um, you're going to have that situation where there's going to be rivalry. You're going to have George is going to come in and he's going to be fast. I mean, we're seeing that in an in IndyCar as well right now, where some of the young guys are jumping in and just beating on the, uh, on some of the veterans. So, and that would be a sticky situation for them. To, I mean, if they're going to be able to just win the championship with Lewis and, and Valtteri, um, why not just keep it that way? You know, it's a very, it, like you, like you guys explained, it's a peaceful situation. Why do we need to change it? Even even though it's kind of at the detriment of of George, um, I mean, they kind of have to look at it from from a competitor standpoint. Even though they have the opportunity to put a better driver in, potentially it's not the best 
best situation for all of them. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thanks for calling. But um, but Kyle, you know, I, I want to ask you something about about today. You know, we talked a little bit about how you said that it looked like they could race, but but what about you've got this all this time on your hands and you and you're you know you come to Spa, you know, thinking about what an amazing track. But what do you what do you do in your head when you've got a situation like that when you might have to race again? What are you doing? It's strange, you know. I've only I've only had that that kind of situation happen once, and it's you're ready to go, you're you're amped up, and then all of a sudden you just get like kicked to the ground. It's it's just it's just a I can't even explain the feeling that you have when that when that type of situation happens. But I mean, it's it's part of it sometimes. I mean, sometimes the conditions aren't aren't good enough for us to to race, and it's not going to be a safe. Um, environment because I mean if you think about it if you have one driver that just says this is unsafe we shouldn't be out here and somebody uh, unfortunately crashes and has some sort of even small injury f one's going to be blamed for that they're the ones that are because there's no driver in the world unless I guess maybe Lewis Hamilton could do this somebody that's at the absolute top they're not going to just pull over and stop and say, this is unsafe. We're not, we're not driving this, but anybody that's younger is like, no, we have to drive. If we're going, we're driving. If there's other people running, we're running too. Um, that's just our mentality. And yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a bit strange for sure. Having this aura around you where you're getting, you're getting ready to go. And then all of a sudden, Nope, Nope, we're not going. We got a red flag. It, this is where the race ends. Yeah. For your butterflies, for your adrenaline, it must be haywire. Uh, I agree, and I think Vettel proved it perfectly yesterday. He was mad as hell uh, about, you know, saying, look, put out the red flag, we are aquaplaning, we are aquaplaning, we cannot continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure enough, uh, for Hooker by Crook, um, maybe he was on the wrong part of the track, but it looked to me as though um, he he kind of, you know, as he hit that compression, um, the water had a big, big part to play in um, yep. that off. Yeah, we were talking about it. It didn't look that bad from from the camera views. And I would think in, in my mind that I've raced in way worse. And those are very nice circuits. They drain really well and whatnot. But it's just, it must just be a lot worse being there and actually just having that rain, just 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 constant rain for pretty much days, right? Um, where everything's just saturated and it's not, it just becomes a point where it's just too wet and the water's just not dissipating. It's not going anywhere. Um, and the cars can't do anything about it. So, hey, well, Kyle. So, um, like you said, you are in a battle with David Malukas for the uh, Indy Lights Championship. I-, I watched a video of you guys going wheel to wheel. I think for the longest wheel to wheel I've ever seen open wheel cars. It was like I don't know how long, like like two minutes straight or something. That was crazy. That that had to be a blast. Yeah, it, well, it was for about three laps, I think, <laughs> around around um, Worldwide Technology Raceway, where he had a run on me, and I just kept putting him to the outside, putting him to the outside, and he would have to he had he would have to stick there on the outside. So I've got the short way around, but he actually had a bit of a quicker car than us um, in straight lines as well. We're still scratching our heads why why they're so fast, um, but it just kept showing him to the outside. So the amount of track that I was using was actually making up for our time loss and me making them go the long way around. So we were just side by side forever, just getting side drafts off each other, getting runs. Um, that was probably, that might've been the most fun I've ever had 
in a race car in my life, I think, because it's just such close wheel-to-wheel racing, and we're doing a minimum of 140 around the track and top speed of just over 170. So, oh, Kyle, hey, Kyle, we are, we are, we're coming up on the break here. Stick with us. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiasts looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back, and we're going to jump right into this interview we did with Austin Mayor Steve Adler because we were wondering how the pandemic was going to affect the Formula One race. And so we got the word straight from the horse's mouth. Here's Mayor Adler. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be with you guys. Well, thank you so much. And I think I just want to jump right in and and start talking about the COVID situation because as we know, we didn't get the race last year. And I, I want to ask you, what do you think the chances are of, of it happening? Let's start with that this year. Well, I think I think right now that the, we're 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 set to go, uh, and I'm excited for that. Uh, the uh, uh, Austin Public Health Authority is working with the modelers at the University of Texas, and 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 if that changes, we'll certainly know. But I know that the priority is to uh, figure out how it is we run big events like this in a way that is safe. I think the Delta virus is going to be with us for a while. Uh, it's not an option to, to close back up uh, uh, cities the way that they had closed in the, in the past. Uh, a community is going to have to learn how to do this kind of virus and do it in a safe way because we're, it's something I think we're going to have to have to sustain. There was just an event concert out uh, at uh, Coda here um, uh, uh, recently uh, and, and some of these precautions mitigation efforts were taken. Uh, at the request of, I guess, the artists out there. And, and we were real appreciative of that. And I think that's the kind of thing that we're going to see more and more of. Well, great. Matt, well, uh, go ahead, Jonathan. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, John. Well, so ACL just announced that they are going to 
move forward with their ACL fest, but they're going to require either a vac proof of vaccination or a proof of a negative test. Is that the kind of thing that we're thinking for Formula One? You know, I, I, I think that's exactly how the health authority is thinking. So what you're looking at is, and the, and, the, and the risks associated with big events are the number of infections that could be passed in a group that, that's, that is that large. And the way that that translates when you have an event like that in the community is, is, is it eventually turns into statistically a certain number of people that end up in your hospitals and in your intensive care units. Uh, and that's where we're stressed. So what you want to do is you want to minimize the, the possibility for infections uh, and, and in, in big settings. And the modelers can actually tell you if you have an event, you know, how many hospitalizations you're likely to get for every 10,000 people that are, in a, that are in a crowd. Well, if you have a crowd that's made of people that have either been vaccinated and show proof of that, and, and it's a crowd that uh, uh, if they're not vaccinated can show that uh, they have a test within the last 48 hours or whatever showing a negative result. You can also calculate what the risk is and how many people are going to show up at the ICUs. And what the modelers are, are telling us from the University of Texas is that if you do that mitigation effort, uh, you, can, you, can, you can cut uh, the, the number of, of potential infections you know, by 90%. Uh, and I think it's that kind of thing that communities are going to start looking at more and more all around the world uh, with respect to, to, to holding uh, these, these large events. Mayor, you've, you've got kind of a bit of an insurance policy in the Formula One and MotoGP, which is also the same weekend uh, as ACL, but um, both are international motor racing um, sports that have their own bubbles and have been traveling around the world for two years now under COVID. So they've got their own kind of uh, protocol. But, it, but I suppose it's the fans, and those fans could be coming from all over the States and also internationally. Um, and I guess um, they will have to follow whatever protocols the airlines have. So there is a little bit of buffer, if you will, about people who may be coming to Austin um, that haven't been to Austin for a while. You know, and, and that's true, and you're right. It's it's the fans and, and the visitors more than it is the, the, the competitors and the teams because, again, it's a question of numbers. Uh, it's the number of, of possible transmissions in a group and what that could have, you know, community-wide. But it is great modeling to see events like this, that, that model uh, that, that it's right to take a vaccine. It's, it's great to have um, uh, celebrities and people that uh, fans look up to uh, saying, hey, this is what we're doing to, to keep our sport going and our, and our events, events safe. Uh, because we need people to, to hear that. I mean, the biggest problem we have right now in our country is, is, is fear of, of taking these kind of mitigation efforts. And we have to break that uh, if we're going to do the things that are necessary to keep the community safe. Um, so that kind of modeling, I think, is real important. ACL is working with our uh, health authority. Uh, you know, as they get closer to the event, they're going to be taking a look at masking. Uh, and um, uh, how that should play a, a part uh, in the uh, in the events, uh, but right now uh, it appears as if, as we talked about the, the the modeling that we have, you know, we're we're hoping to be able to to demonstrate and prove out. Lollapalooza event took place up in Chicago. 
following these kinds of uh, protocols. Uh, it resulted in a, in, a, in a large number of people getting vaccinated that might not have gotten vaccinated otherwise because they wanted to be able to go to the event. So the attendance of the event becomes its own incentive. Uh, but but also when they look uh, at the uh, epidemiologists afterwards, uh, it just did not give rise to uh, a large number of, of cases, you know, because I believe of the mitigation effort. So it's a question of discipline. It's a question of of a, of a crowd that's willing to, to, to recognize that if we're going to be able to keep the economy open and do vents, it's like incumbent on, on all of us to do our part. Uh, you know, we're all fighting to, to keep the economies open and, and to do things. And it's going to be, you can't enforce your way to compliance. You, there are not enough code agents or police officers or, or whatever. This has got to be something that a community wants to do uh, in order to be able to preserve uh, to preserve this kind of activity in their communities. And we're sure hoping that uh, all the, 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 you know, the, the visitors or participants that come in uh, participate in that. Well, Mayor, you mentioned it, the economies. You know, CODA and specifically the Formula One race is such a massive economic engine for the Austin metropolitan area. You know, the studies that they've done show over $500 million in the economic impact. And, I, you know, I know in your chair, you've got to be sitting here looking at the the benefits versus the, the dangers. I mean, do you, do you look at that? I mean, how do you look at that economic side of it? Well, I mean, in, in all frankness, uh, I look at that secondarily. The, uh, the priority for the community has to be public health and public uh, safety. Uh, and we're, we have tried since the beginning of this pandemic to, to, to follow the doctors and the, and the data. And what we're finding is, is that that holds us in good stead. I think the mortality rate in Austin is half of what it is in the state of Texas, uh, less than half of what it is nationally uh, in the country because, we, because we're, we're doing that. And, and ultimately, we're going to be guided by the things we need to do to keep our community the most safe. Uh, and, and right now, what will drive that will be the greatest number of people that are getting vaccinated uh, and, and the people, if not vaccinated, that are taking tests before they're around other people. Uh, and that becomes then the behavior you're trying to, to encourage. Uh, and, and that's what we're trying to, to do. Uh, you know, we, we constantly have our health authority that's taking a, a look at uh, uh, these kinds of, of big events. Um, I know she's looking at that now. I anticipate that, you know, she's going to give us uh, kind of her final uh, recommendations on how we do uh, these, these large events. Um, could be as early as this week. Um, and I know that she's involving the modelers at the University of Texas and, and looking at the other experiences uh, like the one in Chicago, um, because public health comes first. You know, we were, you know, one of the first cities to actually close down a big event that had uh, the, the largest economic impact of any event we had. We canceled uh, uh, working with the, with the organizers, uh, South by Southwest, uh, a little over a year ago, incredibly difficult decision to make because of the economic impact. We would make the same decision again if that was the, the choice. Uh, but I don't, but, but uh, thus far that has not been the choice. 
because what we're trying to do is to really find the, the model that will keep a community safe in a in a Delta COVID world. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to find. In that respect then, Mayor, who, where does the buck stop then? Is it the event or is it the city of Austin that needs to make the final decision? Um, or do you leave it, to, you know, is it going to be a case by case? I heard you had something like 160 permits to uh, for events um, within the city. And of course, I, I don't know, um, does this come under that um, jurisdiction? It certainly could. Uh, and, and, you know, part of the issue is uh, who's who ultimately has the, the, the final say uh, here. That's a debated uh, issue right now with uh, school districts uh, that are recorded with our uh, governor. Uh, local communities uh, acting through their independent school boards have uh, mandated um, uh, masking or other mitigation efforts in order to keep children safe at the request of parents. Uh, our governor at this point is uh, saying uh, that uh, those school districts can't do that. I mean, ultimately, I think the courts are going to decide. It could be that those opinions uh, uh, teach us um, uh, rules of law or find on rules of law that will have application uh, for events like uh, uh, the F1 race. Uh, uh, so, so you know, some of this, as in many places, is kind of kind of up in the air. Well, Mayor Adler, we've got people all over the world want, wanting to know what you've said today, that it looks like we're going to move forward. Because there's Formula One fans that travel from all over the world, as you know, to come to Austin. And so, like you said, it looks good so far. But when do you think we'll know definitively? Uh, I think it could be as early as this week. Uh, I think it's probably likely that we will hear from the health authority this week. Uh, if not, certainly by next week. Uh, you know, this is something that, uh, uh, you know, is being well thought out, as you might imagine. There will be a lot of people interested in this from lots of different kinds of, uh, of, of perspectives. Uh, you know, with the event coming up, uh, we, we recognize the, the, the need to, to be definitive and, and, and act with speed. Um, that said, you know, I can tell you where we are right now and, and where the where the where the rules are right now. And uh, uh, we'll and, and, I, and what we're trying to solve for. Uh, so let's let's wait. Hopefully we'll hear official word uh, this week. Well, but I said, I, the last thing is uh, amongst our fans or, or Formula One fans, there's a lot of rumors because Japan just got canceled and a few others internationally. So they were talking about potentially Austin having a second Formula One event, which would give us uh, MotoGP and two Formula One events in October. Would you welcome that? You know, it, it, to me, I'm, you know, I was one of the early season ticket holders here. Uh, so it's certainly something that, that, that uh, uh, as, as personal interest, it's a great thing for our city. Uh, so uh, if the uh, health authority comes back and says that this is uh, consistent with what we're doing to keep our community safe, I think it'd be great uh, to, to be able to see that. I saw what happened in uh, Singapore and Australia, uh, kind of book uh, uh, ending uh, our, our, our event here. Uh, and I've heard that that's, uh, that's a possibility and it would be an exciting prospect. Well, Mayor Steve Adler, thank you very much for coming on Speed City to help clarify this. I'm glad to hear you're a fan. I'm glad you pay attention to what goes on out at Coda, and we'll be uh, sitting on the edge of our seat waiting to hear the uh, the answers. Absolutely, we know a lot of people are.
And Mary Adler, thank you for keeping us safe. That's from me. Jonathan, I appreciate that. John, take care. All right, everybody, we are out of time. Thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Thanks to Mayor Adler for coming on the show. And thanks, everybody. And we will talk to you next Sunday. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>